Hallelujah. 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 Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. You are the keeper. With you all things are possible. There is nothing too hard for you. a sweet, sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And we know that it's the spirit of the Lord. Wash me, fix me, heal me. at my heart if there be any wicked way in me. Remove it. Fill me. Oh Lord, as I stand before the children, please allow the words of my mouth and meditation of acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. 
you. You are my strength. And you, you are my redeemer. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. Oh, give the Lord a hand praise. Thank you. Thank you, choir. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. beloved come with us now to the New Testament gospel of Mark Mark chapter 17 verses 1 through 8 will be some changes from the bulletin just a little bit Matthew chapter 17 verses 1 through 8. And for those of you who are able, please stand in the presence of the Lord out of respect for God's holy, holy word. And listen now for the word of the Lord. Six days later, after a conversation he had had with the disciples, Jesus took with him his inner circle, his closest friends, Peter and James, and James' brother John, and led them up a high mountain all by themselves. And he was transfigured. A metamorphosis happened. Like a transformer. He was transfigured before them. And his face, his face shone like the sun. And his, his clothes became dazzling, sparkling white. And suddenly... There appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here with you. That's exciting, Lord. If you wish, I'll make three dwellings here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. 
But while Peter was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud, a voice said, this is my son, the beloved. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. So when the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. They're probably thinking that this is just too much. But Jesus came and touched them saying, get up. You can't stay here, get up. You can't park here and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. My, 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 my. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Amen. It's impossible, beloved, to really appreciate the transfiguration, as we call it, unless you understand what went on before. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can't stay here. You can't stay here. <laughs> Jesus had before uh, this part of scripture, Jesus had been talking to his disciples as he always did. He was their preacher, their teacher. He was their coach. He was their Lord. He was their savior. But he told them something very clearly that he hadn't made very clear before. Jesus said, I came and I'm going to die. Oh man, they couldn't. Dying wasn't a part of what they thought everything was going to be. Jesus was this man who went around doing all kind of wonders and preaching in the temple and preaching on the street and laying hands and feeding people and working miracles. Oh, this man can't die. And so Jesus saw their reaction, their, their sadness and their misunderstanding, their their confusion. Jesus had come as the Messiah to save the world. Jesus can't die. Another title I had for this sermon was, You Can't Park Here All the Time. 
Have you seen signs that says no parking between three and six? Well, I'm proposing that some have been parked so long in the church pews. That your spirituality has been towed away. So I just have just a little simple message for all of us this morning. You can't stay here in the pews. You can't park here in the pews. Chapter 16, the chapter before this, as I said, Jesus told his disciples three things. He told them, he said, I'm going to Jerusalem. And while in Jerusalem, I'm going to suffer. And then I'm going to die. Jesus had taken his inner circle. He had the 12 disciples, but he also had many other disciples. If you don't know, the women travel with Jesus, taking care of him and the disciples. But he had three out of all of the people who were the closest to him. And he knew that these three, because they could influence the others, had to understand what he was talking about. And anyway, Jesus often went off from the people. It's a shame that human, and especially human pastors don't understand that, and the people who they pastored on either. But Jesus often went away from the people, especially to the mountaintop. It's something about mountains. Whenever I go 210 East or 210 West, I just, I, every time I just see the mountains and I say, glory to God, I see you, God. I see you, God. I see you. It was something about going to the mountaintop. So it was an ordinary thing for Jesus to say, come go with me, Peter, James, and John, to the mountaintop. But when they got to the mountaintop, instantly changes began to happen. Because when you go to the mountaintop, things happen. Look at your neighbor and say, things happen on the mountaintop. Soon as they arrived on the mountaintop, Jesus is suddenly transfigured. They look up and Jesus is shining his face like the sun. You know, people believe that the S-O-N and the S-U-N shine the same light. He was shining. His clothes were sparkling. Things coming off, light coming off. It literally means transformation to change your shape or form. And that's what happens. 
You know the toys and the movie about the Transformers? They got that idea from scripture. <laughs> there is no book more exciting than the Bible. And I love the part when Hollywood takes from the word of God and, and sends it out there. Jesus changed in appearance before their very eyes. He glowed. This is in three of the four Gospels. In the Gospel of Mark, Mark writes his recording, Mark 9 and 3, he says, and his clothing became shining white, whiter than anyone in the world could wash them. That's what the Bible says. In other words, not only was this happening out of the ordinary, but out of this whole world, it was a spiritual happening. We ought to expect some things to happen that we can't explain, that don't make sense to us. they just supernatural things. Hallelujah. In other words, not only was this happening out of the ordinary, but it was supernatural. It was not of this world. It was astounding. Jesus' face glowing, clothes sparkling. It was what we call a mountaintop experience. Clorox couldn't get his clothes that way. OxyClean couldn't get his clothes that way. We're not talking about what we can do. Walmart bargain brand bleach couldn't get his clothes that way. This is beyond anything we have ever seen or know or can do. Beloved, in this text, does not excite you spiritually, then something's wrong with you. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I don't know about you, Ain't nothing wrong with me. So, child of God, this is something about a mountaintop experience. Have you ever experienced those in your lifetime? You know those, those times. Those times when God blesses you in a powerful way. When you have prayed and God comes through in a powerful way. When God seems to be blessing you over and over and over and over. You just on a roll of blessings. When God blesses you financially and you didn't even see it coming. When God turns your health around in spite of what the doctor said. Listen, if you have ever had a mountaintop experience. You have the tendency to want to stay right there. Oh, Lord, keep this going just like this. If it's in your house, you want to stay in the house. If it's at church, you want to just stay at church. Listen, you want to park right there, and you just want to stay on. The mountain top. I can remember uh, this is Women's National Day, right? As we recognize women. I can remember one of the many mountaintop experiences I've had in, in churches. I I used to love to attend hundreds. I attended hundreds of spiritual gatherings and events and conferences where the presence and the power and the love of God was flowing like a mighty mountain. And sometimes I just wanted to stay at the conference. Stay. And I started looking 
for a woman model, because back then I didn't have a model. Women have only been officially ordained the last 60 in years, so I lived through that struggle of being told that God didn't call women. The devil is a liar. Glory to God, hallelujah. So I was looking for a woman, and I found a woman who I will always love and respect. Her name is Bishop Ernestine Cleveland Reams. And if you haven't heard of Bishop Ernestine Cleveland Reams, I don't know where you've been. The problem with many of us in denominations, we get stuck. We want to stay right here. I never want to just stay in the United Methodist Church. Never, 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 never. I always wanted to expand and see what was going on in other places. This woman, a Pentecostal preacher in Oakland, California, has become one of the most well-known women pastors in America and the world. Bishop Ernestine Cleveland Reams. She built a church and founded a church in Oakland and it went to over 3,000 people in her ministry. And the fact is that all black women who have large churches, none of them are affiliated with a denomination. <laughs> all black women who have large churches founded them themselves. And you'd be shocked at the many beautiful when I first saw Bishop at her conference, and there were about six or 7,000 people at the conference, and everybody was beautiful, and everybody was fine, and Bishop walked out, let me tell you something. The Oscars ain't got nothing <laughs> on the church when it's done right. Nothing. This woman would take your breath away, her makeup, her hair, and I understand that she traveled with her own personal beautician and her own makeup artist, and she was fine. She changed clothes all through every day at a conference. The music was unbelievable. Her staff was beautiful. There was a power of the Holy Spirit. She came out of Pentecostal church where most successful black women have come out of. And the Spirit of God. And Bishop would preach and she tell it like it is. And people be falling out all over the place. I went to one room conference, Dr. Wanda Davis Turner, another famous woman from California with a church in Inglewood. I went to her workshop and I'm telling you, the preacher preached so much that folks walked out and was falling out on the parking lot. I'm talking about mountaintop experiences. I can't touch them. Oh, it's some fine black women coming up in the church of God today. So I decided I'd start following her. Like, I just wanted to be close to people like that. Not many women back then. Oh, but they coming up. 
But she surrounded herself with the women who were really doing phenomenal things. And so I would go and kind of sit in the back of the room. I kind of went to all of her little meetings, all of her little meetings. I ain't say nothing. I just watched. They were phenomenal women. Every time I was around this woman, it was a mountaintop experience. She got the little preachers together one day and she said, I'm going to call you to a hotel. I want you all to come. I was one of them. She don't know my name because I never told her. I just showed up. My little United Methodist humble, scary self. I just showed up. I couldn't touch them women. I just wanted just a little look at them. But, oh, my God. She told us one day, she said, do you know who you are? You are pastors called out, set apart. You ought to look like it. She said, if I see any of y'all walking up in here, and you haven't been to the beauty shop and your hair is not beautiful and your makeup ain't on your face and you don't look like a million dollars, don't come up in here. And don't be surprised if I call you privately to my room and don't go around begging and asking anybody for money. I can't afford my room. No, you have more dignity than that. If you're that broke, whisper in my ear. I'll try to do something for you. You are a pastor, and you ought to look like it. And then at the end of the conference, when everybody was just so filled and it had been so marvelous, I went to hundreds like this, and all kind of women there, oh, you wouldn't, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, have mercy. And she said, don't try to stay on the mountain. You came up here to get filled, to go back to the valley. You didn't come up in here to stay. You just got filled to know how to look and act and, and be respected and know God's word and feel with the Holy Spirit. So on the mountaintop with Jesus. In other words, bitch was saying, you can't park here. Now you can't stay here. Because there were times I did not want to come back. And Bishop was saying, yes, there's glory on the mountaintop. We're going to find out in our script after the spring blessing from the Lord on the mountaintop. That there ought to be a sign to read. You can't stay here forever. So on the mountaintop, Jesus is transfigured right in front of Peter, James, and John. And if that was not strange enough, the text goes on to say something else happened. I know you want to know the same story, the whole story. It's like going to a mighty conference. You think the first day is going to be the best, and then it just gets better and better and better and better. And many times they save the best for last. So what else happened? The Old Testament prophets. The Old Testament prophets, Elijah and Moses, they appeared on the mountain. This is just unbelievable. And they start having a conversation 
with Jesus. Now remember now that these two prophets stand out in the prophetic Christian tradition. Moses is the great lawgiver. Elijah for his ability to convince sinful Israel to repent and turn back to God. However, however, and they were standing there, but however, Moses had been dead for about 900 years. But he was standing there. Elijah had been translated to heaven some 1,500 years before. And yet they both appeared on the mountaintop and they both began talking to Jesus. You can't tell me what God can't do. Won't he do it? Beloved, what an experience this must have been for these three disciples to be included in this scheme that was now unfolding on the mountain. Listen, Jesus is transfigured, and after that, these these two Bible patriarchs appear on the mountain and begin talking with Jesus. This is both literally and figuratively a mountaintop experience. No wonder Peter, James, and John are terrified and awestruck. Oh, oh, but of course, a little excitement. Never stop the disciple Peter. I love Peter. Peter from the hood. That's who Peter was. I love Peter. I love Peter. He became more spiritual. Peter was just Peter. Wasn't scared of nothing. Peter. Peter started talking. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. It's good if you want me to. I'll put up three shelters. One for you. One for Moses. One for Elijah. Well, what's Peter saying? Peter's saying, we first... We, well, first the scripture lets us know Peter was not sure of what he was saying. Sometimes Peter would just talk, you know. I'm sure I would be lost for words, too, if I experienced what Peter saw. However, Peter seems to say, this is a wonderful experience, Lord. Why don't we just stay here? I can, I can put up some tents. We can stay here and never leave. Listen to me up on that mountain. These disciples had been given nothing less than a glimpse into the future. It was a supernatural. Oh, good God Almighty. I love people who can talk about their visions and their dreams. We got to go back to learning how to interpret visions and, and dreams and, and learning how to know when the enemy is about to hit. We got to move from the valley to the mountaintop and to a spiritual world that will open up to us miracles and wonders and supernatural transrational things. They saw past the suffering and death of Jesus that he had predicted a few days before. They saw past their doubts. They saw past their fears. They were thinking, my God, what? Oh, he can do whatever he say he going to do. He the man. Look at Jesus. We doubting Jesus because he said he going to die. Whatever he say he going to do, we know he going to do the right thing because we have never, ever seen anything like this. For well, one brief shining moment, God had cracked the door to the end of time, and they had seen how history would be worked out, their own and the whole world's. It was a trance rational, spiritual, 
third eye happening. It's so sad that Christians don't know about spiritual things. When that's what the Bible is. We've made it a religion. Religions don't do nothing. <laughs> it's not a religion. It's a work. It's a work. And they, and they would never be the same again. In the midst of this scripture awakening, Peter suggests, let's just camp out here and never leave. Peter says, what a beautiful thing this is. Let's just stay here. Peter's thinking, oh, we can have our own mountain. We can have our own temple. We don't have to worry about paying taxes. Don't have to worry about paying rent or mortgage. Don't have to worry about going to work every day to earn a living. Don't have to worry about where the next dollar's coming from. Matter of fact, you don't have to worry about going to Calvary and being nailed to a cross, Jesus. Let's just park here, right here on the mountain top. Oh, my beloved, something interrupts Peter's talking, and it was the answer that was the interruption. Here we see again a cloud, a cloud overshadows the mountain. The damp air closes in, and all the world slips away into a grayness. Then the voice of God, my good gracious alive, the voice of God echoes around them saying, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. How many of us are still enough and quiet enough in the midst of all of this noise and distraction the enemy has loosed into our atmosphere? How many of us stop long enough and focus long enough in the word of God to hear God speak? Glory to God, what's happening here on this mountaintop? Glowing faces and clothes, visits from famous figures of the past, suffering clothes and heavenly voices. Spectacular. It was awesome. It was amazing. When you go to church, if you come in expecting a mountaintop experience, then that's what you will get. But if you come to church to just sit in the pew, come on, come on, not move, not talk, and I don't mean to each other, I mean, amen, preacher. <laughs> you preacher now, preacher woman. Ah, somebody said one time, oh, you on the freeway now, preacher. That's the kind of church. That's when you talk. Y'all can't wait church over so y'all can start gossiping and talking to each other. That ain't the kind of talk I'm talking about. That ain't the kind of talk because you don't even matter that much. Nobody matters but him. And when you hear me speak the truth, you ought to act like you know the truth when you hear it. Don't let me be the only one up in here who knows the truth. Say amen. Just when 
the disciples makes the decision to camp out in the pews and don't say nothing, to just park at the church, just stay on the mountain. That's when God's presence and voice resounds and tell them, in essence, you can't park here, you can't stay here because my kingdom work is not on the mountaintop. You just came in here to get filled up, but the work is in the valley. Can you say amen? amen. Kingdom work is not in the spiritual high of worship, but in the valley. Kingdom work is not within the four walls of the church, but in the valley. My dearly beloved, Peter wanted to stay on the mountaintop, but God himself responds, you can't stay here, Peter. The experience was meant to fill you up, for you to go back down the mountain into the valley of life. You have a story that you've witnessed here on the mountain that you ought to be able to tell somebody about. And as Peter proclaimed, it's good for us to be here. Ah, oh, Peter, I understand. I've been there, Peter, when I didn't want to come back to the church. I was off in some conference where everybody smiled at me. Everybody was loving and kind, said amen. The music was phenomenal. The preaching was, ooh, off the chain. But I went to get filled. I think what I would have been like if I hadn't gone to get filled. Uh, you come to church to get filled. Hear me today. We can't be satisfied with just a Sunday morning experience. You know, you got to do something at home. You, you just can't stay here. Or we can't have the benediction and doing nothing but return again next Sunday. That ain't being spiritual. That ain't being nothing. And it sure ain't being a Christian. The Lord proclaimed out of the cloud, this is my son. Listen to him. Y'all want to listen to everybody but Jesus. And so therefore, let's hear the Lord and do what he has commissioned us to do. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't stay here. Look at somebody else say, you can't, park here. you can't park here. And so let's make sure we are about our father's business. Let's get up out of here and go down into the valley and tell the world about Jesus. I know a risen Savior. He walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me. That I am is on end of joy. What an experience. We share. Is I just take time to tarry there. None other. None other. None other. None other. I understand why Jesus had to go away and then come back to the people. And I try my best to be like I give all I got to people in the church on Sunday morning, in counseling, 
and a funeral and a wedding, whenever I give all I got, I prepare like I'm preaching to 10,000, 20,000 people because to God, that's what I want him to see. And so I need time away. And I'm learning to take it. Time away. There is nothing like being in a place where it is just you and God. You and God. So we, we need to get busy, church. Because we just can't stay here. We come here to leave here to do a work for the Lord. This is a mountaintop. I'm so glad to see you in church this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad to see you in church this morning. Say, you ought to be here every Sunday. And you ought to bring some people with you too. But you can't stay here. songwriter says the greatest thing we'll ever learn is that it's not about us it's all about him it's the greatest thing we'll ever learn it's not about us it's all about him and so today I want you to leave here saying with the songwriter I give myself away. I give myself away. I give myself away. Let God use you each and every day for the upbuilding of God's kingdom here on the earth today, right now. It's not about the church. Church folk today have become the neediest people I know because they just need each other. They just need to talk to each other. They just need to know everything. They just be talking about this and talking about that. Oh, my God. Because they don't have any mountaintop experiences to share with the world. They're not counting their blessings each and every day. They're spending no time with Jesus each and every day. They don't come to church to listen. The Bible says, you can't hear without a preacher. <laughs> I wish people believed that, then they'd make, treat preachers a little better. I'm not just talking about me, I'm talking about the church in general. And then you have to start that car 
because after a certain time, you can't park here. God will tow away your car. You can't stay with the same people all the time. There's a world to be saved. Make new friends. But keep the old. One is silver and the other's gold. Do you have any new friends, church? Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. This is not a cult. is a church of Jesus Christ who comes on a Sunday morning to the mountaintop to be filled and then we'll come from the mountaintop field to do work in give myself yeah don't keep yourself to yourself and just a few people that's so stingy do the same thing with your money that's why it can't flow as a preacher I've always had this spirit of God, wherever you send me, that's where I'll go. So I've never got attached to a place. Because wherever God tells me to go, believe me, I will go. I don't get attached to a people. I love all people. desire, Lord. I want it revealed in me. I give myself away. Thank you, Jesus. I give myself away. Bishop Reams pastored one church for 39 years. You cannot be a pastor that moves and moves and moves. And you cannot have a church that moves pastors all the time. It's not biblical and it's not healthy. She pastored the church 39 years until her retirement. And this year, Bishop turns 90 years old and her armor bearers still take care of her. And her armor bearers still travel with her. And she still looks good. I give myself away. Give yourself away to the Lord. Untie yourself from people and things.
and become a human being, a being, a living being that is always being in God. I give myself away. So you, it ain't about me, it's all about you. So you can use me. My life is not my own. I tell my children that they don't understand it, but they don't have to. I have to understand it. <laughs> they ain't going nowhere. In fact, they really respect me for doing what God says do. That's why they follow me everywhere I go. To you, Lord, I belong. I don't belong to a husband. I don't belong to children. I don't belong to friends. Jesus said, whoever obeys my Father in heaven is my family. Grow your family. Have some babies up in here. Produce and focus because you can't stay in here. Stand to your feet. There may be one here today. Just just being in the pews won't get you to heaven, beloved. You're not doing any more than people who don't come to church are doing. You just showing off. You think walking up in you, he is enough. It's not.